Blog Talk Radio. Chatting with Nat is a podcast for independent women seeking to speak their truth and to break down barriers. We host honest conversations that help to guide and empower women. Speak your truth and set yourself free. Let your voice be heard. Hi everyone, this is Natalie Jean, it's Natalie Jean, and today on Chatting with Nat, we have the honor of having singer-songwriter J.D. Since capturing first place at 2016's Toronto Open Mic Contest, Richmond Hills, J.D. has established her band as a high-voltage, spell-binding feature of numerous music festivals. You can find her debut EP, Smiling Face 2018, and single End of Time 2020 on all streaming platforms. Smiling Face is her signature and sing-along title track, an effortless gender bender that combines country, folk, and throwback pop with a touch of rock panache. Let's give her a round of applause. Hi, Jay. How are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you doing? I'm still alive and kicking. It's been raining a lot here. It's been, it's been raining like for two days straight. It's really, uh, uh, I, I, I think I might have to just get into a boat to go somewhere. That's how much rain it is over there. How is it where you are? It's uh, sunny. It looks so nice. I can't wait to go outside. Maybe I'll uh, bring the sun to you. <laughs> Yeah, that'd be nice. That'd be really, really cool. Um, it was great chatting with you on the IG Live yesterday, and now we are on Blog Talk Radio. Now, which of your cover songs do you like to perform the most and why? Ooh. Okay, I've got to think about this one. There are so many, um, there are so many cover songs. Uh, when I cover a song, I usually put my own spin on it, and okay. one of my favorites, uh, every time I do Brandy Carlile, I've done The Story and The Joke by Brandy Carlile. I really like doing those. I like doing House of the Rising Sun just because it's it's a yeah. time for me to just, <laughs> you know, let loose and uh, let my vocals do whatever they want to do. Uh, and then I also enjoy the new one I've been trying is Tennessee Whiskey. That's a fun one as mm-hmm. well. Yeah, there's quite a few. I love House of the Rising Sun. I actually do that cover when I perform as well. I do I do a couple of covers. I do my own stuff. One is one of my favorites to sing. I like, love, 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 love. Love that song. You just gave me an idea for a TikTok. Um, <laughs> I'm always thinking. I'm always thinking, like, oh, what else did I do? Um, so thank you for that. Um, so if you had to become a musician, what would you be doing right now? Um, well, I'm also I'm also a teacher, so I guess I would be doing that. But, um, yeah, music has always been – I'm a music teacher, of course. So <laughs> music's well, always – yeah, it's number one for me. It always it's always come first ever since I was little. Uh, so I have other interests. Maybe 
perhaps like a screenwriter or something like that, something in writing or film, but uh, no, music has always, always been number one. That's awesome. Now, your well, songs that you've written is the one that you like to sing the most and why? Uh, which one I enjoy singing the most? Mm-hmm. you've written? And end of time. And uh, there's another one called I Can Be Her. Uh, end of time because I wrote that one about my parents. Um, when I do it with like a full band, uh, there's a beautiful violin lick, like violin hook in that song that I really love. And that one's just, yeah, it's a personal one for me. It always, um, yeah, it always makes me think of my parents. And uh, And then the other one is I Can Be Her. Uh, okay. It's an empowering. It's it's an empowering song um, about like for for women essentially, uh, okay. just about uh, you know having this idea in your head of who you want to be, but really just embracing who you are. So inside, and uh, it's kind of there's like a part where I really let loose vocally um because it's just kind of uh like a not so much an angry song but it's just very um it should be it's powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Well I like that I love the fact that you can just drop that and just there's a different type of emotion that happens when you do songs like that. And I totally agree with you. Now, do you prefer performing or do you like a, a venue that's a large crowd where you can work out? Was that smaller venue or larger venue? Is that what you asked? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, oh, that's a, such a good question. I, yeah, it really, I guess it really depends what, what the venue is. I've done mm-hmm. smaller venues where it was more of like a singer songwriter where everyone was there to hear the music and they were focused right. and, uh, and it was a filled room, but it was, smaller unlike you know some festivals I've done um, right. and I really like that because they're focused in on what you're doing uh, lyrically and musically whereas a festival uh, they'll be walking around maybe not focused in on on what um, you're you're singing about so I, yeah maybe I lean towards more smaller venues more intimate that's really cool. I, I do like the intimate setting because, you know, you can see the audience in front of you. You know, you can see their reaction. Although I do like mm-hmm. a large stage because then I can rock it out on a large stage. So. That's true. <laughs> That's true. I like that too. <laughs> uh, you can just let loose. I love that feeling. Um, what is your writing process like? And if you um, ever get writer's block, how do you deal with that? I get writer's block all the time, especially uh, lately. I find if I'm if I'm really happy, I find it difficult to write a song. It's uh, when you know, like when I went through breakups and stuff like that, and um, difficult relationships. Writing was so easy for me; it would come so quickly, just flooding out. Uh, and then I grab paper pencil and. I have a song in five to 10 minutes and, and I'm done. Um, whereas 
when I'm, you know, really happy, I find it difficult sometimes to uh, get the creative juices flowing. Uh, but I, I, what I usually do is I'll set aside time to write, but mm. I don't want to force it either because I find when I force it, um, the lyrics that come out aren't the ones that I'm that mm. proud of. You know, it's, it's when I feel really inspired uh, where they just start coming, flooding out and, uh, and that, that I find is, is the easiest process for me just when I feel especially inspired and to get inspired is just to, you know, living, live life. And I feel like I'll be inspired, you know, when I give birth and things like that, like that will, that will probably spark something. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's probably how um, my process works for songwriting. Yeah, I'm like you. I can't be forced to write. There are times where, oh, I had to write a song quickly because I wanted to create a song and go to my music producer. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, nothing's coming out. I start yelling at the screen or the piece of paper that I have. I'm like, come on, you know, you know, there's something in there. You have a theme. Just bring it out. And once I walk away and I relax a bit, um, things just flow. Mm -hmm. um, but that writer's block crap is just like the worst thing ever. Um, so I have to be moved to write something like right now I'm currently thinking about you know working on a new album and I'm thinking of themes and when I write a song I usually try to start out with the chorus I'll throw a word and then work around the chorus to bring out the song um, mm -hmm. I used to be a person that was a stickler of okay it's got to be verse verse chorus verse bridge you know chorus mm -hmm. And I don't know, I don't do that anymore. I find that when I try to push that way of writing, things just don't flow. I'm like, what are you doing, Natalie? You need to just write the way that you want to. So I've gone, um, now I start to write like I'm writing a poem. Because I realized, you know, just like I said yesterday with, you know, artistry, like where you're a painter or you're, you, you draw or whatever the case may be, they don't just, they don't, they, they don't have all this, like, stuff that there's just oh it has to be like this you know mm -hmm. so now right the way that I want sometimes my chorus is like one word depending mm -hmm. on what the song is about I, I write a lot of social impact message songs so I feel like I have a little bit of more freedom to write the way that I want in any case I think that like I said music has to evolve you can't just write the same way it's called art for mm -hmm. a reason you know mm -hmm. what I mean we're trying to bring about a message through mm -hmm things called music and it's about writing a, a certain way that allows our words to move through somebody else and I think when you do it naturally and not forced then the message is actually received by the listener you know yeah. I'm trying to start that revolution sorry it broke out a little bit can you repeat where, where, where is it? What is the craziest place you've ever written a song, if ever? The, the craziest place I've ever written a song? Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, my first year of teaching, I was in an office with no windows, and mm -hmm. <laughs> I was just, I I just felt so inspired, and I had, I had prep, um, I just, like I said, just started teaching, and then 
I felt inspired to write the song Smiling Face. I wrote it in five minutes. <laughs> I just felt very, very inspired because I had gone to the uh, subway a um, couple days ago, uh, just on the on the train there, and just noticed everybody. You know, uh, like obviously, I don't expect you know people smiling uh, when you're on a subway, but everyone looked very upset. You know, it, it, I just got that kind of uh, vibe from from what I was seeing. And it just made me think about, you know, how much negativity there is in the world and how right. we need to focus on all the little positive things and just try and laugh at life. Because if we totally focus on all the negative, then it just takes over everything. So, uh, and I feel very strongly about that, you know, not right. to say I expect everybody to smile and be happy all the time. Obviously, um, that's not the case. You you know, you have always have a right to be upset and sad at times, but to always focus on the negativity, it's, n- it's not a healthy thing. And uh, that's where Smiling Face happened, where I just wrote it in five minutes it's only four chords <laughs> and it's so simple, such a simple song, uh, but my vision for it in terms of the instruments and, and what I wanted them to do was a lot more elaborate. Right. Uh, yeah. So, so that might've been the, the weirdest place just because then I'm off to teach a class right after. <laughs> so, right. Right. Um, I usually find that I, I, the most creative place and craziest place, well, it's not really crazy, but it's the shower. My God, I can oh. come up with the best songs in the shower. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. and, and I get out of the shower and I forget them. Um, or I try to repeat them. Or now sometimes I, I would bring my phone on the side and sing. And, and then I had a podcast with this one young lady and she was telling me, oh, you know, there's a pad that you can bring in the shower. It's like waterproof with a pencil. I'm like, what? What is this wonderful thing? Now, I bought the thing. I don't see, I have a problem. I will buy things, set them aside, not know where <laughs> I, um, I have. I have yet to use it. That's what I'm saying. And yeah. I'd like to actually come up with a gadget. This is my idea. I want to create a gadget that's waterproof that you can put in the shower that's soundproof in the sense that it won't hear the shower and you can just press a button. When you hear, when you're ready to sing, whatever you're singing in the shower, it just takes it. You know what I mean? Yeah, that, that's amazing. That okay. would be awesome. I have to create that thing. And I was, when I was talking to somebody else, they said, you know, the reason people come up with great ideas in the shower is because you're more relaxed. There's mm-hmm. something about the water. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're just like free flowing. I mean, I just, I, I, I think I can What I want to open for me. Oh. Um, I mean, if I pick, if I pick a popular artist, then I'm not being realistic. <laughs> like if I, if I pick, you know, Brandy Carlisle. <laughs> you never know. Yeah, but. That believe. <laughs> I feel, yeah, uh, someone like that, I mean, 
brandy color so someone in in similar to my genre um or i would choose maybe my husband because he also okay. does his own um he has his own songs as well even though we're completely different genres but it'd be mm-hmm. kind of cool to have you know your husband opening for you and then <laughs> then you then you come on stage with him on the drums or something i don't know that would be kind of cool um yeah just i have a lot of musician friends that that come to mind uh mm-hmm. yeah so i would probably have one of them uh open for me that's awesome. Now, uh, which venue is your favorite venue to perform in? Why? Where you performed? My favorite venue is perform- I have performed. Yeah. Uh, one of them, oh, a bunch. Um, one of them was the one I was talking about. It was downtown Toronto called Rivoli. And it just because how it was set up in terms of uh, very intimate and everyone was focused in on what you were doing. That was one of my favorites. Uh, That was was very cool. Uh, But I've done a ton of different festivals and those were a lot of fun. I don't know. It's so hard to choose. I I have one. I have a place that I love to perform and I haven't. Mm -hmm. And that's Dakota Tavern in Toronto. It's it's got like it's it's kind of small lights strung up everywhere i've heard a lot of bands that are you know country folk americana like in that genre and uh that place i that's like my number one i would love love to play there so that would okay. if i ever played there that would be my answer <laughs> um but other than that yeah all the all the festivals I've done were good. Rivoli was a good one. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a tough it's a tough one because there's so many there's so many different uh, variety of places that I've done as well. Right. Uh, well, that's awesome. You have a bunch of things. Uh, I'm going to play your song "End of Time." Tell me what that's about. So end of time is about my uh, parents and their journey. Uh, I was always fascinated about my parents' story. I always thought it was really interesting just how they met um, and how my mom's dad did not approve of my dad uh, at all. You know, he's this long haired guy. Uh, walking in, um, not of the same cultural background, which um, also my mom's dad didn't like either, you know, just some Canadian guy with this long hair walking in, and he's like, who is this? Uh, But when he saw how my mom was treated by my dad, which was, you know, amazing, then he he came around and and then then they had myself and my brother uh and then there was of course the the time where my mom had bone cancer a very rare form of bone cancer it was actually uh the same type of cancer as terry fox uh mm. and it not a lot of people survive that that form of bone cancer and that was i was young i was 5 but i still remember wow. everything. I still remember being in the hospital. I still remember, 
you know, drawing sad pictures in kindergarten. <laughs> like I still remember all of those things. And so, so then that memory, you know, comes to mind, of course. And then I just bring it back because she's alive and well, she's, she's doing well. Um, yeah. And their relationship is just as strong as ever. And uh, it really, it also, their relationship was always the reason why I was, um, I could, I could never hold on to a relationship for so long because I wanted that exact relationship. And then I found my husband and we have such a similar relationship. Like my parents, it's just, you know, two, two best friends, right? Two best friends that totally get each other and, um, and it's easy and it's not work. And that's right. what I've always wanted. And so that's why, yeah, the song means so much to me because now it also reminds me of of where I am now. Awesome. Let's play it.
Beautiful. Thank you. Yep, I love it. Yep. How do you feel internet has impacted the music business? Sorry, can you repeat that? How do you feel the internet has impacted the music business? The internet has influ- has impacted the music business? Yes. Okay. Uh, the internet has impacted just overall or with my with my music specifically. Oh, how do you feel about it overall? Overall? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, yeah, internet in general, like, I mean, when I'm thinking what's been impacting the music business overall, um, it's, it's changed a lot. And, um, uh, I always find it hard to keep up with all the all the new all the new things that uh, you know are uh, really like well known for musicians and t- like like TikTok for example. Um, right. I don't know if that would fall under internet, but in terms of yeah, and in terms of just popularity with music, like I don't have a TikTok myself. I I know I should get one, <laughs> um, but I'm bad at I'm so bad at that and social media and uh, I always find it very difficult for myself to to just you know make posts and and do stuff like that uh so and I feel like it's it's such an important thing uh especially now for artists that they need to do that that they need to promote themselves that they need to uh, you know, constantly make a post or a TikTok or, or something and, you know, and then share that TikTok on all the other social medias and, you know, and uh, and then build a following that way. So I feel like it's impacted artists uh, greatly. And I, I myself find it very difficult just because I am so old school. It's so hard for me to, to, to uh, do that stuff. Like I find it very difficult to uh, even make a post on Instagram or Facebook. Like I always, you know, um, I won't, I'm not the type that will take a selfie of myself and say, Oh, you know, come listen to this. It's so hard for me. Uh, So I, yeah, at some point I would love to get someone for my social media where they can help me out with that and they can just, you know, really focus on that because I know it's really not my strength, my strength at all. It, it, the internet is just, to me, is just crazy because every five seconds there's something new that pops up and you're just like, I just learned how to do this one thing. Now you're telling <laughs> me that yeah. there's something new that I have to learn. And just like you, um, in the beginning, I was just like, oh, my gosh, I don't want to have to be on these all these platforms. It's ridiculous. What am I supposed to say? Um, mm-hmm. And then I started learning more about the different and how useful they are. I have to say that Instagram is my favorite because Instagram is more about pictures and storytelling with your pictures. I mean, now you can upload videos and stuff like that, and they have reels and blah, blah, blah. But people don't really get into a lot of back and forth banter on Instagram. Mm-hmm. That's what I get a lot. Um, like for example, with Facebook, 
you know, when there's the election seasons, all this, oh, Joe, there was a lot of back and forth, agreeing to disagree, blocking, unfriending, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, mm-hmm. That happened and on Instagram is really people just post nice, nice pictures. I don't see a lot of back and forth. I mean, obviously, it's your, your page. You can post whatever you want. But more or less, people are, are very friendly on um, on Instagram. Um, Twitter, Twitter, I'm still trying to figure out how mm-hmm. you gain more fans on there. And I think it's more about tagging people that have a lot of similarities to what you're doing. Um, TikTok, ooh, that's just a whole nother ball. <laughs> I'm really learning uh, about TikTok, taking a couple of courses in it. Uh, learning how to use it successfully, um, really engaging myself in it. And TikTok mm-hmm. is really, a lot of people think, oh, people just go on there and do silly stuff, but it's really not about that. I mean, there are some people that do that, but there there are things where you can learn different things. There are things that, you know, people get on there when they're sad or happy or whatever the mm-hmm. case may be. I mean, I learned about the pineapple on TikTok. Like everybody's been eating the pineapple the wrong way. Basically, oh. you don't. Yeah, you don't cut it in halves and do all this stuff. Those little ridges that you see, you just pull it out and you just eat the triangle. Isn't that ridiculous? <laughs> all these years, we've been slicing up that pineapple like crazy. And all you have to do is just pull the thing out and just eat it. These are how you learn on, on TikTok or there's beauty products right. or you know, or even new music you can learn about on TikTok. The internet has really impacted the music industry um, in so many different ways. Now, when you create music now, that's one of the things you, you can think about, um, uh, whether uh, your music will be useful on all of these platforms. And mm-hmm. the, the way, these are ways for you to become go viral or you know, get more streams on your on your Spotify, Apple Music, title, wherever your music is. It's just it's it's a new ball game. I think back in the day they had less to do. We have more work to do because mm-hmm. now you know it doesn't it doesn't even matter if you can sing or not these days. Mm-hmm. If anybody be, can be, you know, can become a singer because there's Melodyne, there's all kinds of different products out there that can make anybody sound good. Anybody. Mm -hmm. I think that for me, uh, it's kind of sad that anybody can become a singer because there's some people that, I mean, they really can't sing. Yeah. And they, um, and they become popular. There's a girl, uh, that was on Dr. Phil and this girl had a mouth on her. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know right away who you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Nasty, and because of her nastiness, she became very popular. Mm-hmm. Rap artist, female. Yeah. She became popular because of that. Made millions of dollars. Now she's on OnlyFans, and OnlyFans. Oh. How do I even describe that app? Oh gosh. It's not, it's not porn, <laughs> but, <laughs> but people are naked on it. She yeah. made $50 million on there to the point she was able to buy this mansion recently. And, and sometimes I think to myself, where have we gone? I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, it, I like the freedoms we have in the United States. It's a beautiful thing, like here. But mm-hmm. the fact that people can get so popular off, off, off of being so 
just nasty. It just bothers me a lot. It bothers yeah. me. It is crazy. And I think uh, the internet also, you know, kids growing up these days, they won't know how to spell. I mean, there's all these LOLs. Mm-hmm. I have to ask my sister. I said, what does what this crap mean? Or I have to Google. <laughs> yeah, me too. I'm like, um, what's going on here? Oh, that's what that means? It's, <laughs> it's, it's, just, it's just a crazy time. You know, I want to congratulate mm-hmm. you, Jen. For your, uh, you know, your pregnancy and uh, when is your baby due? Uh, August nineteenth. Oh my gosh, that's, that's here's the irony. That's my the, my sister's birthday. <laughs> oh really? Oh. Um, and we're we're actually nine years apart, and I'm older. Um, and when my mom was pregnant with her, I used to make my mom open her mouth so I could talk to <laughs> talk to my sister. <laughs> Which is crazy, which is funny. Or else I would, you know, talk to my mother's belly. <laughs> do you do anything like, well, obviously you're not going to open your mouth, but um, <laughs> do stuff like that where you talk to your child. Um, oh, yeah. Sing to yourself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My husband and I are always speaking to my stomach <laughs> and, <laughs> and singing. And and he's, he's already uh, been to so many gigs with us. So he's definitely heard his mom and dad's voice. <laughs> that is so awesome. Now your baby may your baby may come out singing. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> I mean that would be awesome. It's like hey, baby's got it. Who are the three people who have been the most influential to you? Uh, there are quite a few. So my mom was a singer as well. She uh, was a teacher and a singer. And when I was younger, I'd have to go to, I would go to different festivals and things like that, that she was singing at. And as uh, actually at that time, I did not like country uh, whatsoever Mm -hmm. because I heard it so much too. Right. And it was something that I definitely did not want to get into. And then, uh, and then over the years, that uh, kind of changed as my education of the genre itself broadened. And I heard all kinds of different country. And it's not just country. It can be folk, Americana, and all these other subgenres uh, that I really connected with. And so it's funny that that's kind of how it started so she was such a influence in terms of you know I saw her performing and it was something that I always wanted to do as well uh, I remember even like being in you know a superstore and saying I want to sing I want to sing and she's like go ahead sing <laughs> and I'm like no no I want to be on stage and I want to sing and yeah so I think she was uh, such a major influence for me, uh, Dave Dave Grohl from Foo Fighters, <laughs> just I don't know he he just the way he performs on stage and uh, just every everything about him he's just a genuine seems like such a nice genuine person uh, has been influenced on me and and Brandy Carlisle uh, when mm-hmm. I saw her live it was 
it was an experience. She did something that I always wanted to do, and it's still on my bucket list. I've tried to do it. I would Mm -hmm. just want to do it um, again more successfully. But she divided the whole room into different vocal parts, and Mm -hmm. they had – yeah, and it was so cool. Everybody was singing in the audience, but it was like harm, like four or five part harmony and singing with her in the band. And I, I was just so beyond moved by that experience. And I have a song like that that can be divided like that. And I've always wanted to do that. So, yeah, so those are definitely my, my three major influences. And my husband always influences me, too. <laughs> now, what is the one common myth about the music business? Debunk. Sorry, can you repeat that? I was just breaking out a bit. Debunk. The common something about the music business that I would want to debunk. Yeah, common. Like, like uh, get rid of or. So something like. One of the common myths is that, um, oh, you're just going to wake up one morning, decide to do music, and you'll be famous. That's just so not true. That is so not true. Right. Um, um, yeah, maybe that it's, it seems easier than, than it actually is, right? right. So I always it's find right. it. Yeah. It's, I've been, so, I, yes. I think, that I think a lot of work. There's a lot of people I talk to, they always say the same thing. Yeah, when I got into the music business, I just didn't understand how hard it was. It's like mm-hmm. people say they get up and they're like, oh, I'm just going to sing. And they don't understand the whole business aspect of mm-hmm. music. Um, I have a friend who manages her son, and her son's fairly successful. He's a multi instrumentalist. And she said, and he even said he went to a Berkeley School of Music in Boston, and he's like, people should be taking courses in music business. Everyone that wants to be an artist should do that. Because what happens is, is that once you start doing music, everybody and their mama comes, I don't know where they come out of the woodwork, they start contacting you about, uh, oh, I can make you famous, or I can do this for you. And mm-hmm. you should be to read the fine lines. If you can't afford a lawyer, you should know how to read agreements, contracts, whatever is presented yeah. to you and know mm-hmm. what your rights are and what to look out for. I mean, when somebody says I can do X, Y, and Z for you, a label, but you're going to have to give me a $500 or $5,000, that's a red flag. Mm-hmm. If they want to work with you, they're going to pay for everything. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. That, what, would you, what advice would you give your younger self? What advice? Uh, to start writing earlier, to get yourself mm-hmm. out there earlier, maybe, um, you know, kind of point myself in the in the right direction mm-hmm. in terms of where I want to be with the genre. As much <laughs> as cl- classical music training, it, it did help me. Um, learn and build it built my range um, but I would have enjoyed you know just getting into the the songwriting um, earlier that would have been that would have been good and 
if there were open mics, I don't remember that being a thing when I was younger, uh, okay. but open mics, contests, maybe, you know, just getting more into the, the recording earlier. And then right. that way I could get onto the radio earlier and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, just kind of pushing myself earlier <laughs> because it was, it was kind of, uh, you know, it, it, it it happened later for me in terms of songwriting and performing and doing different gigs. Yeah, I would have to agree with you on that one. I wish I had, but I was such a shy kid. There was like no way I was going to do this. <laughs> I wish I had um, uh, started writing earlier and I wish I had learned an, an instrument like uh, every day. I'm like, I have to open that box. I have like a smart keyboard that I bought Oh, four or five years ago, it's in the box. Still haven't opened it. Every year, I'm like, I'm going to open it. I need to learn. Um, so I wish I had learned an instrument um, growing up. It would have been awesome. Now, what is a quote or passage or word that you like to use um, to push yourself um, if you're feeling down or you just want to motivate yourself if you use something? Um, a quote, I have a favorite quote, but it's not necessarily for motivation purposes, but without, without music, life would be a mistake. Uh, mm. That's just one of my favorite quotes. Um, but in terms of pushing myself uh, and motivating myself, it's just simple, like, you can do this kind of thing, <laughs> you know, just yeah. keep on trucking. <laughs> yeah. It can be as simple as that. I mean, is anything yeah. that's going to say is going to get you motivated and just do it? Because sometimes in this business, you're going to be like, oh, my God. Every day, I'm like, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. Every day. Yeah. Um, and then I'll get an email or a call or a text or whatever and saying, oh, I really like your song. It motivated me to do this. And I'm like, okay, I'm listening. I hear you, um, Internet. I hear you. Uh, I hear you, universe. I'm going to keep doing this thing. Um, mm-hmm. so, yeah, and my thing is, like, I, I I say I write my own narrative. Like, nobody's going to write something about me that's not true. And I'm going to do what I want, basically, my thing. Now, tell our audience, our blog talk audience, where they can find you on the Internet. Uh, just look up J-A-Y space. D-E-E-J-D. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff, uh, JD Band. And uh, if you look up Smiling Face on Spotify. Thank you so much for being on chatting with that. It's an awesome thing to know more about you. Um, and I wish you success because you have a beautiful voice. And congratulations again on your baby coming on August 19th. It's going to be a video. <laughs> Thank you so much. All right. Have a great day. You too. All right, everybody. That's chatting with Natwee. She's awesome. She's beautiful. She has a great place you have to find her. And if you didn't remember all that, just Google JD. You'll find her on the internet. Until next time on Chatting with Nat. <laughs>
we host honest conversations that help to guide and empower women. Speak your truth and set yourself free. Let your voice be heard. Love your voice.